From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. You're back with the 101.9 Hi FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the new Blue Review. Welcome back to the show. Hope you enjoyed our last guest. Very interesting uh, guy. And we have another interesting guy in the studio today. It seems to be one of those days. Uh, he's a cartoonist, uh, an illustrator, uh, and a man who is not afraid to make his views publicly known. Uh, he, we like to call him the anti-pyro, uh, cause he's like, there's a pyro, but isn't one. Uh, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. His name is Jeremy Nell, but if you're a cartoon follower, then you will know his name as Germ. And, uh, he is a regular on, uh, all sorts of outlets, uh, in, in the country, uh, particularly online, uh, at the moment. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Nice to have you with you on the new Blue Review. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. So uh, you were described in some uh, publication recently as like the punk rocker of the South African <laughs> cartoon world. Uh, how did you decide to get into a, a, a job like that? Well, you don't decide to. You kind of just are. <laughs> so um, I've been drawing cartoons since I was a kid and uh, always wanted to uh, be a cartoonist. And I didn't think I could make it as a career. So I went into mobile technology and then in that was in about 2000 and oh was it three thereabouts and then in 2005 when i got retrenched which came as a blessing i decided to give this cartooning thing a go and see if i could actually make a career and i gave myself one or two years max um and uh although it was incredibly difficult um, i was i was offered a very fortunate break in 2007 um, by the times newspaper and then that's where it kind of all grew. Now, you, you, you studied art, though, at uh, university. I studied art at UCT, and I failed art at university. And so then I decided to become an artist. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've, got, you've got to fail art to, to get out. Vusi thinks this is hilarious. Vusi, uh, you, have, you have to fail sound engineering to get into radio. It's possible. <laughs> fail presenting to get in. Well, uh, actually, I've always, I've always said uh, to, to people over the years, if you want to be an artist, don't study it. Right. Just do it. Well, studying becomes too academic. I'm talking now this particular field. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I become a. If you want to become a doctor, don't study medicine. <laughs> <laughs> but but art is a it's a creative industry, mm-hmm. um, and uh, studying it in a very academic level, um, I think, quickly runs the, the the possibility of damaging your passion for it. Right. Right. So, so you got your 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 opportunity at the Times. What was that like? Uh, you know, how does how does it work? Because I think a lot of people don't know. You know, columnists, you kind of know what they do in terms of a newspaper. Uh, does the newspaper ask you to write stuff? Do you just like send something mm-hmm. in daily? How, how does it work? It's a good question. Um, there is no formula. So what happened was I, I literally just emailed everyone I could possibly email. Um, whether it be an editor or someone connected at a publication. And uh, every so often, someone would bite and go, oh, I like your work. We just don't have space for you. Then there might be that one little opportunity where he says, yeah, okay, we'll give you a chance. And the, the difficulty when you're starting out is that everybody wants a portfolio, but you don't have a portfolio. Uh, so you you have to just work really hard, just you know, graft really, really hard to to get someone to bite. And then when someone bites – I just took the opportunity just to do whatever it is I wanted. At that stage, I didn't really have any political views as such. It was just the the beauty of drawing cartoons and making fun, fun, you know, fun gags. Uh, that that changed, let's say, over the course of a year, from between 2007 to 2008. 
the editor started saying to me, hey, look, you know, um, why don't you make some, some slightly more political comments? You know, what's the worst that can happen? I'll, I'll fire you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a bit awkward. <laughs> and uh, and I started I started reading up about politics. I didn't know really anything at that stage, you know. And and I, I'll never forget he, the editor. Then he said to me, "Who was the editor?" At the Ray time? Ray Hartley. Oh, Ray Hartley. Okay. And he said to me, uh, "Bring them down when they're up, and lift them up when they're down." And I've never forgotten that. Those words have have stayed with me. For over a decade now And uh, if you're asking more on the technical uh, Process, it was literally just Emailing on a on a regular basis And I would draw daily for them Monday to Friday, and then from there I would use what I drew For them as my portfolio To other clients So how long did that contract at the Times last? From 2007 To 2010 Okay, and and uh, what, does, what eventually finished The, the relationship? Uh, well, uh, the editor... My editor Ray, he was leaving to become the editor of the Sunday Times, and I was uh, approached by the New Age newspaper, the Guptas, actually, and um, and they promised me editorial independence. And at that stage, they weren't actually that hated uh, as they are now. And all I saw in writing was, "We'll give you edit- editorial independence. We won't censor you." And that that's a big thing, you know. If I if I'm able to to still draw what I want to draw, and they're happy to do that. That was great, and I had a very good relationship with them. They they take a lot of heat in the media, and I absolutely don't support them or, the, or their newspaper, and I won't buy it. But I had a very good experience because it, it really uh, challenged me to, to look at my satire in, a, in an objective way or in, as objective as I could at the time. They fired me two years later because I was attacking um, Jacob Zuma too much. Uh, <laughs> but uh, But up to that point, they really didn't mind what you drew? They started minding more and more uh, because I was I was very much attacking uh, the ANC and and Jacob Zuma, and one must attack them because they are the the governing party. And in satire, you you don't attack people because you dislike them. You attack people because you want them to be better. Mm-hmm. If someone's doing really really great work, you have no reason to to ridicule them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but they didn't like that. They saw this as a I don't know what they saw it as, but they just didn't like it, and eventually they 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 got rid of me. And funnily enough, <laughs> while I was working for them, I won uh, the, the Vodacom Journalist of the Year. <laughs> working for the new, yeah, age. working for the new age. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a very very funny. Um, so so interesting. So so you're working for the new age. You're doing this, but not all your cartoons are are are, are hardcore political. I mean, if you go onto your website, if you you check out uh, your 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 germ uh, website, you actually do a lot of like. Call it fun stuff, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of corporate stuff, training mm. stuff. Cartoons can be used for all sorts of things. Exactly. Uh, politics is a primary mainstay, mm-hmm. um, particularly in South Africa um, as a cartoonist. But uh, I really do enjoy cartooning. So I, I, I love good old school humor, you know, the, the Gary Larson stuff and Charlie Brown and comic strips from the, from the old days. And, you know, I used to watch cartoons um, what was it on KTV? Remember those days, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yes, yes. And you know, it, uh, cartooning is 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 an art form. It's an expression. It's also entertainment. It's humour. It's meant to it's meant to take you out of where you are now. Uh, the the problem with political satire is that it keeps you in the real world. And sometimes, um, like in my case, I just want to do cartoons that are not in the real world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's interesting. So you 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 started off uh, the times. You ended off uh, you, you, after the Gupt, after the Guptas decided to get a bit more aggressive about yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean more aggressive. Yeah. Uh, 
but that kind of sent you on an, on your own journey, right? Yes. Because uh, because yeah. suddenly. Uh, suddenly newspapers weren't the, the be-all and end-all if you're a cartoonist. Mm. Tell us about what happened next in terms of, well, of that. Yeah, that's a great question. I I suppose you could see it as an existential crisis <laughs> because I started I started questioning myself. I wanted to, I wanted to take myself on a journey of, of fact-finding or truth, uh, which is ironic because cartoons are, are about satire. But the, there is an element of truth within them. It's the, under, you know, it's the underlying... Tone. It's the undertone of cartoon of political satire. So when I went across to EWN and and then my contracts after that, I started focusing a lot more on my backbone and my integrity of my work, and not just drawing now stuff that would be funny or that would get me money. Um, in actual fact, in many instances, I did work that made me unpopular, but I believed more and more and more in fighting for what's right and not necessarily for what's popular, and that over the last few years has led me to uh, being more aggressive about my my um, opinion in attacking a lot of radical leftism for example um, and uh, and the narratives in the media that become have become so biased you know Donald Trump famously coined the term fake news you know and it's a and it's a big part of the media today there's a lot of biased journalism going on and so I've come to a place you know uh, philosophically, in which I want to challenge a lot of those narratives and find the truth, which of course is now why I'm sitting here with you. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, talking about some of these issues, and we're going to get onto that uh, in a minute, uh, w- without necessarily, you know, uh, mentioning names or you know, you don't want to like go after professional colleagues. But the cartoonist fraternity in South Africa, you know, your, your cartoonists are supposed to be the people who are out there and you know the kind of court jesters of the modern world. But do you think that that the majority of cartoonists are really doing their bit to to sort of hold people to account and uh, really think freely? The majority of South Africa's mainstream cartoonists are crap. Um, and the reason for that is because they're not they're not actually making good commentary anymore. I, I'm not quite sure what it is. And I've said that I've said this before a couple of times and I've been dying to get it out in the public with other cartoonists to actually talk to them and challenge them and say, guys, why, why are you not uh, being more verbal? Why aren't you being more opinionated? Um, there's a you get sort of proactive and reactive cartooning, and a lot of the stuff that that we do is reactive, okay, because it happens after the, the the fact. And proactive would be making predictions about things, okay. But a lot of it also has to do with make with giving an opinion. Now, now Zapiro is an excellent cartoonist in his own right. I don't agree with a large amount of his politics, but that doesn't take away the fact that he's a good cartoonist. At least he still gives his opinion on many issues, mm-hmm. okay? Which is great because because then you know his position, um, and that's what he's being paid for. But a lot of the other cartoonists uh, are not presenting a position. They're just making a, a diluted or watered down comment that doesn't go anywhere. You can do nothing with it really. You know, uh, so I think that that largely has to do with the fear of losing one's job. So you don't want to push the envelope too much because you don't want to get into trouble with the editor. You kind of just want to be safe. Uh, and uh, I've decided over the last few years not to worry about that safety net. I've, I'm kind of just uh, making my comments more and more harshly and more and more aggressively because um, I, I really honestly am passionate about, about ridiculing the bad. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is an interesting, an interesting aspect that you talk of. You know, people keeping their jobs. That that attitude's kind of taken you. Uh, you know, you went 
to EWN, which isn't really a newspaper. No, it's a, it was a radio station that was suddenly doing cartoons. Uh, but that shows the, but that shows the power right. and the impact of social media. Right, right, and and that's where you've gone as a cartoonist. Yes, is more and more onto social media. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, I've almost completely migrated to online only cartooning because there's a lot more freedom, and I've largely moved away from the mainstream media uh, and pushed myself into, I guess, what I call alternative media. A place where I'm able to make more independent commentary without the fear of censorship or or editorial bias. Mm-hmm. Of course, I work with a number of organisations, and I choose my I choose my clients now to a large degree. So obviously, I work with with people who I can say the kind of stuff that I'd like to say. Like, so for example, you've worked with Outer. I've worked with Outer, and and they're a great organisation. They they fight the good fight. They they're going after corruption in government. Uh, who who thinks that's a bad fight, you know, other than maybe the Guptas? <laughs> but that's they're a great organization, and and they do a lot of good work. It's a great pleasure to to work with an organization that fights the good fight, right? And, and using social media very very effectively. And how do you find that? I mean, do people pick up the 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 the, the cartoon and then share it and and it gets out there? I mean, do you find it's an effective way to get it out to to yes, the populace? Without a doubt. I mean, think about this for a second. A newspaper might have twenty, thirty, forty thousand. Uh, readers in a day like just your average newspaper okay and that's that's confined to a specific geographical parameter mm-hmm. it doesn't really go further than that okay if it, the moment it goes online it's it's open to the world right the potential for distribution is mammoth it's just a very big uh, a sharing platform facebook and twitter i don't use twitter i think it's a it's a mud-slinging cesspit but <laughs> but but facebook is I mean, they've got what almost two billion users. Most, mostly, every single person you know uses Facebook. Right. The content comes to you, and it's free. Amazing. You know what I mean? And uh, so, so your cartoons go around the world all the time. Yeah, they travel. I mean, I, I get people emailing me from from uh, Dubai and from Ireland and from India. It might just be the Guptas. So yeah, it could be. Come, come back to I, the newspaper. I, I often get messages from from this is one reader I have in India. Right. Um, I've got readers in Canada. I've got readers everywhere. It's a, it's 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 a, it's amazing, um, and social media allows for that. And what's interesting is that uh, I I'm also trying to gradually push even further away from from this this sort of uh, business model in t- terms of getting funded by the public. And mm-hmm. that's an experiment, and I'll see how that works over time. Yeah, because then, there's a lot of there's a lot of this around like pat- Patreon. Yes, yeah, and Patreon, so explain yeah. that to people who might not be aware how how that works. Well, it's the same thing as every forum and outer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they're funded by the public. Okay. Okay. On a monthly basis, <laughs> but the great thing with that is that they answer then to no higher uh, authority. So, in other words, people will put money into your account every month. Uh, and in in in, in exchange for you producing cartoons for them as a public good, which which they which they then are part of, they can contribute, and they are part of the process, and they even appear in the cartoons, and they um, can uh, influence the direction of the cartoons to some degree, uh, which is a wonderful thing because this is now interacting with with the public who are the ones who read the, the cartoons, cartoons, you know, and um, it's a I, it's just an experiment, but. I, I think that if the public are directly involved with the creator of the work, you don't answer to any authority after that. The censorship or the or the regulation comes from the people themselves, and not from some uh, <coughs> excuse me from some higher uh, uh, body. Mm. 
That's a fascinating experiment. Interesting to see because Patreon's been most successful with sort of authors and radio. It's people. how Shakespeare himself was funded. <laughs> well, didn't he have a patron? Well, yeah, but they were called patrons. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so that's uh, uh, interesting to see how it could work with cartoons. So uh, we'll have to keep a tab on that. I, w- I want to go back to mm. uh, to the Zapiro comment that you made because obviously on this station with this audience, you're we talking know about the the Gaza. Well, the Gaza one, yes, but I mean, if you are are in the Jewish community, you will have known Zapiro's work for years, uh, going back. 15, 20 years, mm. uh, and he's kind of the, the community's person who they love to hate because he's Jewish and he, and he doesn't. And he's he, critical of Israel. He, he's not even critical. Sometimes he's overly, you know, supportive of, of yeah. anti Israel elements and, and all, and all of this. Uh, you, when you were writing topics, did you ever give any topics like the Israel topic that ever got rejected from news? Yes. So, so I, I, um, I've, as someone who's not Jewish, I can only go by what I read in the media. Mm-hmm. All right, I don't. Over the years, I, I haven't really had the the, the connections and the the fact finding uh, links and sources that maybe I have more of today. And so I, for years, was like everybody else in the cartooning fraternity, uh, critical, maybe even anti-Israel. You know, because you think, oh, they they're just bombing and they. Harming poor people, and over over time you start realizing that it's a lot more complex than that. And you realize that there's a terrorist organization called the Moss that that are are very fascist and dictatorial, and uh, and then you go, but hang on, Israel is this tiny little geographical region surrounded by a large amount of people who also have their own um, disagreements with Hamas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan, I think, don't even side with Hamas. Yeah, yeah, they, they consider them a terrorist organization. Yeah. And so, so did you ever try to draw this? I, mean, I did, did yes, ever? and I did, and I did start gradually trying to make comments more critical of of the Hamas links, mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, not necessarily the Palestinians, because it's not for me. It's not about the Palestinians; it's about Hamas. Sure. Uh, and uh, and it was get, time and time again. I couldn't get the stuff published in the mainstream media. They just wouldn't allow it. They would say it was an unfair comment, and. I then decided to just pull back from Middle East commentary because unless it was a very bland comment that was middle of the road, mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't really make a comment that was um, overly critical of Hamas. Easy to get published criticizing Israel, right? But, but not criticizing the Palestinians. And was, and was it was it ever blatant? Does anyone ever like email you back and say, "Look, dude, like we we, we it's just too scary to to print a quote unquote pro-Israel cartoon." No, but. When you talk verbally mm-hmm. to them, you you certainly when I say them, I'm talking about you know certain editors or certain people within the media, certain journalists. You get the impression that they also just don't want to touch the the Israel topic mm-hmm. um, in in, to, in terms of support. And I I get the feeling that that is a populist move, right? So people are but I can't pin it. Uh, it's a difficult thing. I can't pin it. They, I get the feel, but I. So you know, it's not it's not kind of blatant, but it's kind of in the ether. People are, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're they're kind of nervous and they don't yeah. want to be seen on the on the wrong side. It's not like it's not like they have a, a strong view on it necessarily. They're just like, well, we're not sure. And that's why I've now decided in the last in the last year at least mm-hmm. to 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 start bringing out a stronger view on a pro-Israeli stance. Not necessarily pro-Israeli, um, but more pro-truth. Right. And Just in getting out what's out there, and in many instances, what I think I'm now starting to do is about the truth, and it happens to be on Israel's side. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I remember, I don't have a dog in this fight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not being paid by anyone. I'm not a shill, mm-hmm. you know. So, so if if people want to see your cartoons, Jim, or if they want to have a look, I mean, you, you've done some pro-Israel cartoons yes, recently. You I'll did continue. some stuff about Gaza. Oh, where, can, where can people pick up your stuff? The easiest would be just germ.coza. J-E-R-M. Germ with a J, not with a G. Okay. Um, although my first book was called Germ Warfare. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, germ.coza. And everything's there. Great. Well, uh, go have a look uh, at Jim's stuff. You can also check him out on Facebook, uh, and I'm sure that you will be seeing a lot more of him uh, in in the, in the years to come. Jim, son, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Fantastic pleasure. Brings us to the end of the show for today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Vusi for uh, helping us out with the sound. Mandy does the production, uh, and everyone who is uh, putting the show together. Uh, it's been a real great experience, and we'll chat to you next week on the New Blue Review.